Nothing different Dreaming about a premiership cup We love our clubs But they never win Two flags in 100 years shit house If you think we'll be insightful Clever or just well researched We're here to say that's not the case We'll just go out and wing it We are two guys, one cup it is uh, Thursday, the 22nd of September in the United States of America, but in Australia, it is Friday, uh, September 23rd, and that is important because that's where the footy happens. Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL podcast. My name is Will Anderson. And I'm Charlie Clawson, and this is an exhibition match of sorts. Right. We're on foreign soil. Well, you know what? This is a, this has been a home game to me occasionally. Yes. I have recorded the podcast yeah. here. Yeah, you, you, sold, you sold some home games. I know the conditions here, although I normally uh, sit at the... We should do it like the footy that's what we should do with the oh, podcast half time, swap ends we should have quarter time and every quarter we should swap seats okay that if we really all right that's good all right okay let's every 15 minutes so yeah. 2 30 yeah we'll we'll, right. we'll have a little pause and we'll, we'll swap ends okay that's cool. a good idea yeah, i good like one. it all right so <laughs> but yes this is the first time that we have done on this side of the world both of us so yeah. and uh, obviously it's very exciting but before we get to the before we get to me being excited about the Bulldogs and stuff, I'm sure there are other people who are like, well, I'd like to listen to the podcast, but I don't want to hear you just being happy all the time. Well, that was not what this podcast was meant to be about. It was meant to be about two idiots suffering things being shit. Yeah, I know. It really, like, you talked before off air about, like, the best documentaries are the ones that change halfway through. That is this podcast. Right. I mean, it's literally in our theme song. We barrack for clubs that never win the premiership. And the Bulldogs may win the premiership, which... I was thinking about the other day, could be the most Richmondy thing to to happen when you consider what this podcast has been set up as. I mean, well, it would cost us heaps of money, typically yeah. in our style. <laughs> We're already not making money from this podcast, and then it would cost us more money to record our new fucking theme song. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Uh, um, <laughs> I, I booked in a gig on Grand Final Day with Pinky Beecroft in Sydney. He's doing a show called Rhubarb. Uh, raising money uh, for asylum seekers and as part of the Sydney Fringe Festival. And I said to him originally that I would do the show in Sydney that night. And then, like, I had to warn him, like, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I said, you know, like, but if it's grand final day and if the Bulldogs make it, I have to go to Melbourne and I have to do this thing. So I've been keeping him in the loop. And he's convinced, because this is how everyone sees the world through their own prisms. Yeah. He's convinced that he always has such bad luck that we will definitely get through the final. <laughs> so the Bulldogs' bad luck is cancelled out by his bad luck. Right. Who, who is more of a loser, Pinky Beecroft or the Western Bulldogs? Right, so that's what we're going to find out yes. this weekend against GWS. Finally, the question is answered. So either he won't feel like quite as much of a loser, and that'll comfort me a little bit, but I suddenly feel like we've got magic in our corner. Right? <laughs> yeah, you know, the when, world's biggest loser is he, working for you. When that he goes oh no if, if it has a chance to fuck up my show it'll happen and I was like fantastic oh, all right. good, good to have you on board mate <laughs> thank you very much uh, so please buy tickets to uh, Pinky Show regardless if you're in Sydney because I don't you know uh, either way it'll be fun uh, but uh, I have a sock gate update so I thought we could start with this we didn't have any socks and uh yeah, yeah you're, you're, you're pointing at something. I'm happy for you to mention it if you would like. Yeah, so Will, uh, before I came around to record the podcast, I said, oh, do you want me to bring anything? And he said, oh, if you've got any pop shields, you know, bring them over, which I don't. So I've come into Will's apartment and I see that he has covered the microphone in socks. Socks. We are talking through socks, talking about the sock gate. Yeah, literal socks. <laughs> like, so... Grey socks, like school socks. <laughs> like, I'm assuming you kept this from Hayfield Grammar School or wherever you went to school? No, well, here's the thing. Like, late last night, because, okay, so 
so listeners will know, at least some listeners will know, that uh, my podcast equipment was stolen on when I went on holidays in Spain. So there are now some Spanish thieves <laughs> who hope they're... El tofo. Gustara borrara monodata, tofo. Okay, now that's right. So... So, um, uh, I, I haven't replaced that equipment. So at the moment I have my old recorder that doesn't have, you can see this, it doesn't have any back on it and yep. there's like, you know, no battery. So it's plugged into the computer and, uh, I realized that I had no, no pop shields for the microphones and I was interviewing Tim Minchin this morning. So I was like, well, I have to, I have to have something over the, you know, over the microphones. And then I realized, well, they do call them pop socks, right? <laughs> and I was like, well, maybe I can just put actual socks over and see if that works. Yeah. And so then I had to experiment with like a range of thickness of socks. Yeah. Because the pop shields themselves have a thickness to them. But I, I felt like the socks, if I put the thicker socks they're on, it wasn't... They're more porous. They're exactly. thicker, but they're more porous. So yeah. I've gone with a lighter sock, yeah, which I, might not be choice. doing the whole effect. But also the bonus of that is also, these are the, I, th- I believe these may be women's socks. All right. Shot in the dark. Yeah. This podcast takes off. We become a professional paid podcast, you know, in the next year. Uh-huh. Do we use the same socks each show or do we swap them out? Well, I, I, you mean, maybe these will be our lucky socks. <laughs> I mean, if this is the episode that popped, then we'd always have to like set up the microphones yeah. like this. They'd yeah. be like, why do you always use that recorder with no back on it and put socks on the <laughs> microphones? I mean, that could be our thing. That's how we became millionaires. You know what? That could be our hook in the yeah. podcasting world. And like when we do gigs, we always put like, and we could get a theme sock. So you could have a Saint sock, <laughs> theme sock. And I could have a Bulldog sock. I and love we it. Could like put them, come That's out, actually a good idea. Put them over the microphone yes. and start recording. That's a really good idea. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, sock gate update. Uh, sock gate update. Oh, come on. Sock date update. Sock date update. Sock gate update. Yeah. So. <laughs> sock gate. Uh, Mark Stewart sent us this one, uh, and I think you'll be fine with us revealing his name. Uh, in capital letters, Sockgate update! <laughs> <laughs> Exclamation mark. Uh, quick update for you, Will. I have a friend in the umpiring division. Ooh. Yeah. We haven't heard from this fraternity yet. They get all of their gear at the start of the season and have to bring everything to the game themselves. Wow. Much more responsible bunch than the players, clearly. A bit of editorial there from Mark. My friend is a goal umpire and has to even bring his own flags each week. Flags that he's provided with, though, at the start of the year. Yeah. yeah. It's not like he has to go out and it's go to Spotlight. Source, source some flags. <laughs> he's got to go to Spotlight, go to Bunnings, buy some sticks. It's like your parents at the start of school term. Yeah, that's They're right. They're going to list the things from the school, but they have to go out and source them all. Uh, eight fluorescent uh, texters. I mean, for team meetings. Where, um, look, I don't want to pull on this thread, but no. where do you even get umpire flags from? Like, that's a specialised yeah. industry, right? Yeah, I imagine they would just have a supply. It's I a flag shop, right? And do you think it would be, or would it just be like a shop where you AFL get all shop. your umpiring gear? Well, I mean, actually, if you think about it. Like, if you think about all the country leagues and stuff, surely they've got to be buying their flags from somewhere. Yeah. Is there, a, like, a subscription service that sells directly to clubs for I'm all trying to think, when you or... played junior footy, right, the guy behind the goals, do you always have, like, there's always flags. Yeah. Junior footy, they use flags even, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So there's an industry for it. Yeah. 
I mean, you so who's making the, who's making that sweet flag dollar? Right, and they never really like up themselves. I reckon it must be a good business because yeah, kind of, they don't, they don't I think they're onto something, and then they just like just let it go. Yeah, right. We've had it good for a long time. <laughs> they haven't changed until the flags. bloody two guys one cup put the spotlight on us. <laughs> yeah, first sock gate, next flag gate. <laughs> I mean, I guess yeah. I mean, I don't know, but I. Because they are special flags, like they're not that you couldn't use them for multiple events, right? Like it's just only umpiring AFL matches. In NRL, they use different flags. Soccer, different flag. Yeah, you're not going to use one to like end a motor race. You've got no. to have a different flag for that. Only you, the only thing you could use it for is to surrender in a war. That would be the only other applic- applicable use of it. Yeah, I guess you. Yeah, no, it's a white flag. Yeah, but I mean, are they even, white flags? Too? Even your war surrendering. Like even oh, hang on, sorry. Are they, be, are they still white flags? I believe so, aren't they? It's one of those things. What's the, what, until you think, you think about, about it? It's like are they? I think they're mostly white flags. Because the, umpire, the their, umpires are fluoro now. Yeah, but, but they, they don't um, have fluoro flags. Oh god, how dumb are we? Like that a we don't know. No, I reckon they're still white. <laughs> yeah, I mean, white is the color of signaling something. Right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here we go. Heart AFL gold umpire flags. Um, let's see here. Um, what it says because I, I just put it in there Heart, Heart Sports okay here we go so there's a, like a place called Heart Sports and you can just order yourself some umpiring flags uh, cost you 15 bucks for a pair is that all? Fifteen fifty for a pair of umpiring flags I'll, I'll take five so I reckon you can just get them at your general sports store but alright are the AFL standard flags a premium flag I imagine I, I can't imagine that at the grand final they're waving fifteen dollar a pair of flags. Okay. They'd have to be. Here we go. Goal umpire flags at Able Sports. They're another one that came up. Let's see. Let's so there's what, more than one. Let's see what you can get. You, what it'll cost you for some umpiring flags down at Able Sports <laughs> compared to the other ones. Oh, here we go. Nineteen dollars eighty. So they might be more quality they're flags, probably, yeah. or they just might have a higher margin on their profits down at Able Sports. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the umpires that that's supplied. So socks, hat. Hat cam is that supplied, or that be? I mean, hat specific cam. That's to a week game. to week. You don't have to yeah. bring your own hat cam. No. Like if you're a goal umpire, hey mate, you've got to go and buy a GoPro and whack it in your hat, <laughs> and everyone just comes each week with a different way or a different hat. <laughs> All right, that's uh, that, that that's interesting. That's interesting. So the umpires are required to wash, but what would that be? It'd be the, the trousers, the polo, the baseball cap. That's it. Yeah, and, and, and if boots. you're a field umpire, you've got your shorts and your boots. And, and they're wearing boots, right? They don't have to wear boots. They yeah, wouldn't, they've got wear sneakers. No, they all wear boots. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Because when you have to like get on an angle to watch that ball coming in to see if it's in the post, you know how they get that squat yeah, position? Yeah, you've got to do those sweet umpire moves. Yeah. You need good grip. There are some sweet umpire moves, aren't there? Oh, yeah, definitely. I think, I mean, obviously the most iconic, the signal for the goal. Like, I'd love to know what the origin of that was. It's such a cool maneuver, the double pistols. It's I mean, it's, it's old Wild West. Yeah. It's like quick draw McGraw. Yeah. It does. And it does have a little, uh, did you see, uh, in the EJ Witten game, uh, who was the guy for, uh, is it David Roden? Is that who? Oh, yeah, was doing the worm. It was doing yeah, the worm yeah. while he was goal on for it. Yeah, yeah. And I looked at that and I went, I know you're doing that like for fun now, but I can definitely see a version of the game. Like I can see the AFL going, we need uh, to sex it up a bit. Yeah. yeah. And, and then <laughs> the AFL going, look, we're just going to try, we're just going to introduce the worm in preseason. But, you know, just see how it goes in some preseason matches. Yeah. But, you know, maybe in the, in the women's AFL competition, we might let them do the work. I mean, surely there is not enough work in this country for breakdancers. They need to supplement their income. So I could see umpiring some games. I mean, and I do, it probably doesn't clash with your breakdancing schedule. Not at all. In yeah, fact, umpiring... you should be dancing nonstop. Right. I think we're being ripped off. 
Oh, you mean oh, the umpires are continually continually dancing, dancing <laughs> until they have to adjudicate, right. you know, like a shot at goal. But oh, just in between, in the between, as entertainment. Yeah, just like you know, popping and locking and moonwalking and stuff. That'd be How awesome. about okay? Here's the thing, because they've got to concentrate on their job when they when it's in their half of the field. But how about we have like as as soon as. Like, for when people are at games and all the action's down one end, right? So the minute it goes over halfway, the goal umpire down the other end starts, <laughs> starts yeah, okay. dancing. All right. Okay. So, the, the so people, while it's in the forward half right, of the opposition... You just concentrate. Yeah, because you've got to concentrate on being a goal umpire. <laughs> but when it's, but when it's the, down yeah. the other end of the field, yeah. is, like to keep yeah. the crowd involved. Oh, man. Can you imagine <laughs> the poor goal umpires at Brisbane games this year? They'd be yeah. exhausted. <laughs> Exhausting. They can tag people in. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. For Brisbane, there's a there's a tag clause. I love that idea. Yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah, that's yeah. Keep it a little bit exciting. Yeah, I'm into it. And it is one of those things where, like, I do when because I, I went to the game the other night. Um, you do remember what it's like because we were down one forward pocket end, and when it is down the other end, you're like, oh yeah, when well, you're at the game. There is a lot of you just watching the game on the sites on the on the side screen. Like yeah. that's what you're really doing. Yeah, 100%. Down the other end. I can't my I I think I'm getting to that age where I cannot see the other side of the ground. Like if I even if I'm in good seats on the wing or whatever, like I can't discern what is happening on the boundary line. Like I have to look to the TV. Especially with all the flashing lights and oh yeah, the, like the, the moving, uh, the moving. Um, this uh, does fences. sound like the oldest man. Oh, <laughs> and all the flashing lights and the noise. Oh, but it's just noise all the time, Charlie. But we are old enough to remember when you'd go to the footy and you'd take your binoculars. Did you ever do right. that? Oh yeah. yeah. Me and my dad used to take binoculars. <laughs> what a couple of nerds. <laughs> But yeah, of course you would. I mean, the, the only thing you had that the, back in our day, yeah. the most high tech thing you had was at VFL Park. Remember they had the black and white video scoreboard that looked like an old Game Boy screen. You know what I mean? Just giant pixels moving about. But that was like modern for us. These yeah. millennials. Uh, I mean, the, so the, the young people don't understand that in the old days when you went to games, they used to have a, ho- a group of actors. That would like every time there was a highlight, they would rush out of the field <laughs> <laughs> like, in Elizabethan dress, <laughs> just, just recreating. Thou, <laughs> Matthew Richardson, he lineth up for goal. Shall he miss or shall he score? He miss. <laughs> okay, it's quarter time. And oh, okay. Swap ends. And so what, it was only back. 14. Was a, yeah, sorry. Set I, on the record of 14 minutes. That I was, was a short quarter. So, but I've set, a, I've set a timer now, so we'll know when... Um... And no time on. We actually had time off. You <laughs> 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 took a minute off. You were just like, this, this podcast quarter hasn't gone that well. We'll take a minute off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we should have hit the boundary line. Just yep. like wasted some time. So um, I, I went to the game. Uh, well, we should mention that the we're, results. I, we're in LA. Yeah. And uh, which means that this weekend I will not be in Sydney going to watch the Western Bulldogs play the Greater Western Sydney uh, Giants, which every is... Every year that we have been friends, every year since we've been doing podcasts that we've been friends... We've always joked about, ha, 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 you know, September, you know, might have to cancel if, you know, the Saints... LA Pop Fest is always, like, the, what's, it's, it's basically been mostly pre, final or, yeah, or, or preliminary final, final weekend. Yeah. And so, ordinarily, this would be grand final weekend, but, you know, it's a week later this year, so it is a preliminary final weekend. And, uh, great, and the fucking Bulldogs are playing in a prelim final in the city that I live in. I could have gone and watched them in the city that I live in. Could you have, though? 
Could you have got a ticket? Like, does your yes. membership level... Oh, yeah, I could have got a ticket. And you're also a GW, uh, GWS member for a while. I right? was, so, yeah. yeah. Start, look, to be honest, someone would have got me a ticket. Yeah. It would have been fine. I think I would have got a ticket <laughs> to the game. I only ask because it's like the 25,000. Yeah, well, they didn't quite sell out after the first few days either. There were still like 600, really? 700 tickets. So, oh, right. Yeah, so... No, I think you would have been able to get a ticket, but I think it is also the most Sydney thing of all time because anyone who's ever lived in Sydney knows that Sydney is not a city. It is a collection of suburbs that all hate each other. And there is nothing that says I live in the eastern suburbs more than going to LA rather than western. That's the most... I'm going to Greater Western Hollywood. Right, exactly. I live in the suburb that most of the Greater Western Sydney people seem to live in. But anyway, uh, look... uh, I'm hoping that I will have a cause to go back, um, you know, for uh, for grand final. Well, let's we, we, when uh, when you arrived because I was staying at your place when you arrived, yeah. and uh, we talked about plans for the prelim, and you shocked me by saying you weren't going to watch it live. No, well, well I might not because I, I I've got it really in the habit that I just. I'm too nervous to watch the games That's live. Fun. I mean, I get it. I 100% get like, it. Like when I went, obviously, the, the other night, I'm not too bad if I'm actually there at the football. Yeah. I mean, obviously, that forces there, you. Yeah. But like, you know, here by myself, I'm like, why would I put myself through that? Because isn't it like the exhilaration of I'm in the moment, like this is it, I'm a witness. I mean, I'm still a I'm, witness, Will. I'm still, in your mouth. I'm still a witness regardless. Yeah. but it's You know more, what I mean? But it's more the... If it was a drug, uh-huh. you are taking a cut product as opposed to the pure hit. Yeah, but also I know whether it's going to go good or bad, to use the drug analogy. I know whether it's going to be a good trip or a bad trip, and I can prepare myself for that. If you know it's going to Whereas, be a bad trip, will you take it still? Yeah, but I'll just take it knowing that that's what I'm getting myself in for. How will you watch it? Fast-forwarding the bad bits? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You and yeah. I are very, very similar. <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things where I just... I have recorded... If I knew we were going to win, of course I would watch it live. <laughs> I've recorded games that I have later found out we've lost and I just delete yeah. it, won't look at it. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like a crime scene fight. Yeah. I don't <laughs> I mean, want to know. I didn't watch any of that fucking Freo game in the last round. I mean, St Kilda now are they're, you know, wrapping up the year by putting highlights packages together and I'm seeing... Passages from games I haven't seen yet. It's great because right. I knew we lost and I didn't watch it. Well, they've just prepared you the, the best bit of it. Yeah, that's they should right. do that. That's, that's exactly what I want. You know what? They should they should do that at the start of games, like in like in you know like they do in Home and Away. Yeah. They should have like a previously on St Kilda. <laughs> <laughs> Josh Bruce was looking good early in the season, flying for big hangers. You know, little packet. That's that's your pre match entertainment. Yeah. You, you can't tell me if every time you went out there, they just did a little previously on, yeah. you know, that point in the season, kind of like they well, do they, at the Brownlow. Or they, but they do it before a game, before a telecast. Like, you know, it's like, you know, the Western Bulldogs are ravaged by injury. And then it's like, you know, fought their way back. And then they'll show like GWS, the Rolls Royce. So they do it in the... They CFD. do it a little bit like that, but I think they should make more of the backstories and stuff. Right. So it should be like, you know, every game you go to, there should be kind of like Game of Thrones style plots where you like, you know, where they really highlight the fact that so-and-so is going up against so-and-so yeah, or this right. is like an important... Joel Selwood's been out of form. Right. I feel like they do that on the I TV. I mean, I think a little bit on the TV, but I, I'm talking about at the ground. Right. I want to get there to the ground and for like half an hour, they're like, you know... Oh, so you want half an hour, right? I mean, the promos I'm talking about go for a minute. Yeah, yeah, no, I, this is, I'm talking about this is, the, this is like a pre-match entertainment. Yeah, right. 
And it's it, like Game of Thrones. Yeah, and yeah. it's like, you know, this happened earlier in the season and so-and-so was suspended and blah, blah, blah. I don't want to fuck Game like, of Thrones. I'm always like, ah, oh, I know that guy, but I can't remember how I know that guy. I don't want to be going to the football and going, ah, oh, Tom Hawkins. Oh, I know he's been a good player, but he's had a bad few weeks. Like, I don't want to go into all that. Kind no, of, I reckon you do. I reckon, like, because you're... The more investment. Yeah, the more you know... Yeah, you know what? Like, you know, and then you get a little bit of like, you know, he missed the game last week because he had to go to his mother's funeral and he's back with the... And you're suddenly like, oh my God, is, you know what? I'm into this. You're like, actually 100% right because Gemma doesn't watch football, but when she occasionally sits down with me, I will explain like why the game holds interest and right. I'll do things like that. I will say, oh, this guy, you know, he hasn't played in two years. He's tried to overcome injury. This is his first game back after two reconstructions and, you know, blah, 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 blah. Or, you know, this guy is, uh, you know, on top of the world. He was a rookie last year and now he's, you know, kicked like, you know, 40 goals, blah, blah, blah. You're right. You actually delve into the emotional story of each player, or each team. To kind of make it more enjoyable. Yeah. Will Anderson's on to something. Yeah, because they do a smaller version because it's all, you know, what will be Buddy be like with coming back after being sledged last week or whatever. But imagine if you really... Dug deep. Like, dug, and you know, kind of weaved everybody's story you should just I was thinking about it the other day with Stringer because Stringer, for example, the people were saying, you know what... <laughs> Will just readjusted this sock on the mic and it was the funniest thing I've ever seen. It was like he was taming a snake. So... <laughs> <laughs> well, the sock head started like... Do right. <laughs> the sock was getting an erection. The sock was... You're talking about Jack Stringer and the sock was fucking popped off. Popped I mean, off the pop sock literally popped. It, like, it kind of swelled up like one of those little things you have outside your motor dealership. Yeah. <laughs> waving its arms. It was like waving its arms in the air. Or, like you said, like a turtle's head coming out and it was coming towards my mouth and I was like, I've got to chuck it back on. We should mention... Like, there is no way to do that. We oh, should yeah. mention we have uh, Sean Malone. Maluga here. Yeah. Uh, that's right, Maluga? Yeah, who's uh, photographing, <laughs> documenting this entire process. Oh, I yeah. you got lots of shots of that, Sean. I'll say the one time that this podcast is literally has a sock over the microphone is like when we're getting <laughs> like photos taken. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, uh, um, like Stringer. So Stringer, for example, like somebody was saying that one of the things that no one's taken into account is he's a young dad. Like he's only 21 or whatever and he's got two kids. Right. And he like had another kid this to, year. To the same woman? Yeah, to the same like, woman. Yes, yeah, no. I think chi- I think childhood sweetheart sort of thing, you know, like that you know surprises me. And anyway I would be I, I thought I was gonna put him in the category of Stringer's hundred. Yeah. No, no, no. I think he's, he's a, a real yeah, man. family man. Ah, but like a bit there you of, go. Imagine what it's like. Right? Yeah. And like you do that sort of thing of taking behind the scenes, you know, Stringer's been struggling with this, but you also feel in the fact that he like he's a you know, dad of two young kids and like, you know, tell that bit of his story and then yeah, suddenly yeah. you're like Oh, hang on. Yeah, I'm really involved in this. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. I like it. String of struggles. Yeah. Rolls off the table. But it's just every, like you do a like kind of running commentary of all these sort of I people. I guess we and kind like, of do that as footy fans anyway, right? Yeah, but like, I'm saying compile it into a show before each like game. I think that's a great idea. You get like an Aaron Sorkin to yeah. spend time at the club. Because that's essentially why we love like sports movies, right? Right. Is you get the balance of kind of the drama, the human drama, and then the action on the field. That's, you're onto something there. Yeah. Quick, how do we bottle this and market it? <laughs> I mean, all you need is a team of writers, basically, yeah. who would work on it and you would just put it together. I'd I mean, work on it. That sounds like a fun job. I'd like right. to do that. And it's kind of like the wrestling storylines, but yes. you just turn the behind the scenes into kind of a soap. So you, you know, you sweep up the stories of the year, oh but you. Oh, God. A reality show set at a football club. Right. Is that what you're pitching? Well, no, no, not quite. No. Um, well, but that's a good idea as well. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not. Copyright. Right. Hey, two guys, one cup. I was about to say, if you're, if you're willing to buy that, I, yes, that's what I'm pitching. Okay. But I, no, I think it's more like, 
making a TV show about the AFL. I guess it's what they already do, but like going into a, a deeper thing where you're like looking at it like an Aaron Sorkin, you know, where you're going, I'm going to each week tell this like dramatic show that weaves together these stories of these real life players that yeah. are actually re- real stories into an ongoing narrative of some kind. Yeah, that's a great idea. Speaking of that, actually, <coughs> there is a documentary that I've seen advertised that they're going to play before the grand final, which is about the draw in the grand final in 2010. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I, we'll get to the Bulldogs in a sec. Yeah. But no, no, that's all right. I am in two minds. There's been two things this year, this documentary, and they were doing a... Um, in Melbourne, they were replaying highlights of the draw grand final with uh, the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra. Yeah, a guy wrote a score. Yeah. Talked to all the players and coaches and stuff and like wrote a score As about a the emotions. Fan, like, I want to go. Like, I really want to go. I think that's cool. I think I'd really like to see that. I would really like to watch that documentary as a footy fan because I think it's really fascinating. Right. I don't know I can. I just, you know how we talked about the bad drug, the drug that you know is going to give you a bad trip? Right. I just don't know I can. Yeah. I mean, why would you want to? I don't know if I could relive that. It's funny, like I've, I've often joked with people about, you know, they talk about, you know, what was it like being a Saints fan? And I say, you know, it haunts me like... That, you know, Lenny Hayes kicking that ball to Stephen Milne and it just not bouncing into, into his arms. And, it, it, like, I often have moments when I shudder because I'm like, ugh. And then I would joke, but uh, imagine if you were Stephen Milne. Well, I saw a clip from that documentary. Yeah, it, uh, it's affected him pretty bad. It does, a day doesn't go past, apparently, where he doesn't think about it and his hands start shaking. Like, it's... I mean, that's why you play football. That was the moment he could have, you know, immortalised himself and it didn't happen, like... You've spent your entire career training and playing for that moment and then it doesn't happen. Like, how do you not let that cloud or shadow the rest of your life? You can't. Because that might be too dramatic. No, no, no. You can't. Your life's ruined. <laughs> he, will never, he will never get over it. Ever. Sorry. That's a risk you took playing footy. <laughs> That, but that's why it's admirable when it works because there is so much on the line and it does sometimes come down to the way that the ball bounces or like that fine line of whether fucking Libba's goal was a goal or not or any of those sort of things, those moments. If Leo Barry doesn't take that mark, if, you know, those things don't happen, but it's also those moments that make you heroes, you know, when you, when you seize that moment. Like there was, I always love, like there was this, there's a moment in the Bulldogs game where, uh, Essentially, Bontempelli strips it from Hodge. And it was one of those things where, like, fucking Bruce on the television broadcast, like, was just talking about, you know, it's like a, a, a yeah, passing of the, the baton. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and you're like, and of course, it's just a fucking moment in a game. Yeah. Like, it's a tiny little moment in a game of a, a million different moments like that that all mean nothing. But when things like that happen, you can't help but go, yep. Getting swept up. Yeah, that's yeah. what it felt like. Well, I think you know. bigger than that was the, and we might as well get into the Bulldogs game now was that marking contest, the body-on-body body where he drew Hodge in, pushed off, took that grab, and then, more importantly, kicked the goal. It was like, that to me felt like junior champion, senior champion, bang, like, there it is. That summed up the whole game. It was really interesting um, <clears throat> being there. I'm getting choked up just thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I was running late because uh, I had to have a groom meeting in Sydney and then I was flying down to do the... They were doing the march to the G again, you know, the thing yeah. that you came to last time. And... Um, limp to the G. The limp to the G. Will Henderson's limp to the G. <laughs> and uh, so I was down there and I met Timmy Kale and uh, the boy, some of the boys from uh, his whatever Melbourne, whatever the Bloody soccer team is, Melbourne City boy. or Melbourne Heart or whoever they are. 
Um, and uh, Shane Delia, who we know, who's a, a, a great guy. And but I was running really, really late. The the plane had been delayed uh, because oh, it was one of those classic plane delays too, where you just hate the plane because. Um, <laughs> What we had to wait for for 40 minutes was someone to come in and shut the toilet because the toilet wasn't working. So they had to like, you know, tape it shot or whatever uh, it is they do. Like, it was like, can we, can, can we just tell people don't go to that toilet? <laughs> like, you know, it really did feel like that. So I was running late and I'd like got to the hotel. I barely had like a, like a wash and I just like, like ran down to this thing because I was meant to be did into- you have a horse bath? I had a horse bath, exactly. Yeah. No, I mean, I think people have got more clean in the Gatorade shower at the end of football <laughs> matches than I got in the actual shower that I had. But I was like sprinting down there and I got there and uh, they kind of pushed me straight on stage and I hadn't really prepared anything and there's a huge crowd of people there. But what I didn't realize or what I had like not thought about was Danny McGinley was going to um, interview me. And if you ask me pretty much any question about the Bulldogs, it turns out I have heaps of things to say. <laughs> <laughs> turns out, yeah. My, uh, about 25 episodes worth of things right. to say. Yeah, it, it turns out that they had guests who were cancelling backstage because they couldn't make it with the traffic and stuff. Right. And they just didn't care because apparently I just would not shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Danny would ask him another question. I'm like, yep, I have opinions like, on that can too. I, can I ask, yep. in that moment, in that position that you have, how much is there like... How much sincerity is there? Like, sincere, I'm a Bulldogs fan and this is awesome. And how much is jokes? Because it's a delicate balance, right? You don't want to make too many jokes because this is serious. You guys are going to war. But at the same time, you know, you're Will Anderson. You have to make some jokes. Luckily, um, you know, all Bulldogs fans understand what we really are. Okay. Like, you know, which is that, like, we understand. Like, I think, you know how, like, uh, Jewish people, you know, became really funny because they were dealing with, like, a lot of darkness. Yeah. That's what Bulldogs fans are like. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm not comparing barracking for the Bulldogs to the Holocaust. I need to point that out. <laughs> but sometimes... Oh, that's... Oh, oh, no! Justin, you were lining up a goal. Like, oh, I'll, I'll, like, go. I'll let you finish yeah. your goal. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say. We have the one minute from the first quarter. Yeah, you've got, you um, got 30 seconds to get this joke out. Yeah, I would say that sometimes the humour that comes from the resilience is similar. <laughs> Like that we all have share a wry sense of humor. And so as long as I indulge my idea that I am a super fan up against this wall of history, like everybody's kind of on board with it. Okay. All right. That's half time. And so I hope you enjoyed the halftime entertainment. Yep. We had a sprint. Will and I sprinted his apartment. Yeah, exactly. My, I won. My, surprisingly. My lungs are burning. <laughs> so you're right. It's about, it's about, it's about what? Uh, 30 meters, 20 meters. Yeah. We had a 20 minute sprint. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Will, Will's still going Yeah I, I only made it to the table I've only made it halfway And then I just had to sit down <laughs> So let's talk Bulldogs Yeah so I, I went to the game I took Adam Rosenbachs From the uh, Junk Time AFL podcast And a great bit of cross promotion For our uh, big grand final day show Which will be of course Four o'clock uh, The day after the grand final At the European Beer Cafe uh, It's almost sold out already But we might offer some standing room. We don't want to, like, I mean, it's one of those things where essentially it's probably packed already, but um, if there is extra room and if people just want to come in and stand and, on the day, then we'll let that happen as and well. And if thinking. everyone wants to bring their socks, like their footy socks, bring them. We'll sign them. That'll get, we'll sign socks. Yeah. We're signing socks. That's our thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, we really, you know, because we have Sean uh, documenting today, or should we say sockumenting today. <laughs> <laughs> We're done. Take the yeah. rest of the podcast we, off. We need, to, we need to have a sockumentary. Yeah. That's what we need to do. <laughs> Clearly. Uh, 
Del- delve into it. We could actually pitch that. We could probably pitch that to AFL Media or to Eddie Maguire. You know, he makes the recruit and stuff like that. Yeah. In fact, I know I know uh, Luke Tunnicliffe, who's the producer who does all that stuff. Uh, who's the uh, the producer of the Rub? Also, they call him Big Nose or Snorkel because <laughs> because you know because they love to bully people. Yeah. <laughs> But he has uh, saved in my phone because he sent me a message about the weekend under Luke Big No Snorkel. So, <laughs> so I guess I am contributing to that. It's just in case. The first Luke, I'm not sure who that is. Big No Snorkel? Could no. be anyone. Snorkel. snorkel. Ah, that's oh, it. Snorkel. Yeah, okay. I know who it is. <laughs> so, so I don't get him confused with all the other snorkels in my phone. But, um, you took Rosie. Yeah, I took Rosie to the game, which was good. Good to have an independent sort of person there. And uh, was Rosie framed out of the celebrity shot they kept cutting to? Yes, the he Will was, Anderson was, celebrity table. Look, I was wondering for a second. I was like, is this a roast of someone? It was such a lineup of stars. I did not realize how much I was going to be on the TV, and if I had realized, I would have been a bit more conscious about. There was one moment they cut to you where you were ranting at the group. <laughs> And in my head, I was like, I was trying to pick, it was, it was, something good had happened from the Bulldogs. And I heard you ranting and I'm like, I bet Will's putting a little spin on this. Like, I can't remember what the moment I know, was. I know the exact moment. Oh, was I, it? Because I have watched the replay. Okay. And I know exactly what you're talking about. It's me waving my finger yes, right. demonstrably at the others. And I know exactly what it was. Uh, Tory Dixon had taken a mark. And Tory Dixon, we'd had this running joke because he'd missed three goals. Well, this was the third one that he missed, in fact, was the one that they got, went the to The most accurate on. kick in your team. Right, missed never misses. Yeah. And so we had this riff going that Tory never missed, and then he kept missing. <laughs> and so the third time, I was doing the little, it's okay, he never misses. <laughs> so we were doing our little bit, and then he fucking missed. <laughs> Again. So the other guys <laughs> in that group had picked up on the hex. They were like, you yeah. know what? We shouldn't mention that he never misses. Right. And then fucking Joker Will over here decides <laughs> to fucking... The whole group had realised that they'd put a curse on him. You were the one guy. You are the guy in the horror movie who should die first. Well, you know what it was? No. You said... Looked in the mirror and you said Candyman three times. Well, okay, yeah. But I was the guy who I thought that was going to break the curse. Because what had happened was it had happened the first time. Then the second time, everyone was like, it's the curse. Okay. And then the third time, I was like, no, no, we're going to break the curse by like, you know, going straight at the curse. But we didn't know. <laughs> but he eventually did. He kicked one in the, like, later on. That's when I finally found like we were going to win. As, a, as an objective observer, I think I said to you last week after the Eagles game, I was like, oh, okay, you know, you've actually excited me. You know, I, I think I kind of believe. But I picked the Hawks because I was like, I just can't see Hawthorne going out in straight sets. I believe now. Like, I think you can win it. Why not us? That's their motto. Why not us? It's like, I think it was the Red Sox motto or one of the... What about us? (laughs) But I I think they're right. They're like... It isn't fair. One flag in a hundred years. We really don't care. Yeah, they sing that before every game. Um, Clark, I wrote it for It's our version of horses. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, it's one of those things where we, to beat Western, to beat West Coast in Western Australia, mm-hmm. like win a final interstate, something we'd never done, make history. And then to, you know, to beat the Hawks, we hadn't beaten them, I think, since 2011, you know, like, you know, curse. we, we had not curse. won two reverse games in a row curse. in the finals since 1961. I mean, they're two big games. They've got to give you belief. If you can beat West Coast, like last year's grand finalists at their home ground, if you can beat last year's, you know, premiers, 
Yeah. Then you've got to believe that we can do it. And I also... And I say, well, the thing about this weekend is, you know, for GWS and Bulldogs, already it's history. You know, regardless of who wins, you're either going to see a team, this you know, brand new team, come into the finals and go all the way to the grand final, which is an amazing story. Or you're going to see the Bulldogs for the first time since 60... I mean, it's, it's fucking amazing. And yeah, I believe it. I believe that we could do it. And I believe that we could win the whole thing. Why not? Why not us? Why not us? Hashtag. Hashtag why not us. Hashtag be more Bulldogs. <laughs> Hashtag I'm in LA. Hashtag go to Western Sydney. Hashtag Leon Cameron. Hashtag we're out of room. <laughs> Hashtag snorkel. Hashtag snockumentary. Uh, so- <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag snorkumentary. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I agree. Why I, not? I reckon they can. And, th- and I think about like what they have to overcome this week. And it's like, you've got the tools to do that. Like you really, I mean... When you think of GWS, you think of speed and skill, like, yeah. you know, the handball game. But your handball game is as equally as damaging, and you have muscle too now. Like, it's how good has fucking Roughhead become? Uh, he really stood up. He's been like, we unreal. joked last week that he couldn't believe he kicked that goal. Well, he should start believing it because he's playing so well. I mean, he's playing really, really well. Like, I mean, I think he has... He, I mean, there's so many players, and this is the great thing that Beveridge has done. There are so many players who have become better players than what they were. Like, I mean, Pickens, another, we, we, we spoke about Pickens last time, but he played just brilliantly again. And he just flies for everything. He's basically playing centre-half forward for well, us. He's, he's currently high, isn't he the guy leading the votes in the best uh, finals player? We should be. He is. And, oh, and I met his wife at the game, by the way. I ran into her. She's a podcast listener. She was like... No, to this one? Uh, no, the oh. dollop. <laughs> Oh, my God. You have six podcasts and she listens to The Dollop. Yeah, but she just heard me on an episode of The Dollop. I've I've run into her as I'm going to the bathroom. She's like, I'm Liam Pickens' wife. She is beautiful, by the way. Well done, Liam Pickens. And she was delightful. And she's a podcast fan. She said she was making Liam listen to it the other night. The Dollop? The Dollop. But you've got six podcasts. (laughs) One about football. Well, I'm happy for him to, like, that can be his entry podcast. Yeah. If it's making him play good football, listen to as many dollops as you like, Liam. I don't mind. <laughs> you know? All of a sudden, you've got all these little superstitions now, right? Well, this would be great as part of the package, for example. Imagine before the game, like, yeah, you could do a bit of, like, Liam Pickering, uh, Liam Pickering, <laughs> Liam Pickering coming off uh, his best ever form last year, in a, you know, last week in a finals. How did he spend his week? And you do a little behind the scenes with his delightful wife and they're introducing him to the Dollop podcast. He's there listening to the podcast, see a little bit back scene of, like, yeah. what he might have learnt that week, you know, what knowledge he's taking to the table. Or maybe it has absolutely no correlation to his good form. I mean, you know, but but it's a weaved-in story, if nothing else. It's a narrative. The fact that, like, Dave and Gareth, like, invented this thing in America and our friends are now being used as part of the, like, (laughs) preparation process by, like, our best final spire. It's part of the story. Have you told Dave this? No, I haven't actually. You yeah. should. That's yeah. a, that's interesting. We'll save that. We'll yeah. save that for uh, for the Tofop live show. So um, uh, he uh, he has just been playing off the chain. Like Roughhead has just been like just so good. Boyd's, Enormous. Boyd's been great as well, though. I thought Boyd played pretty well again the other night, but he was really great in the first final. Yeah. So between the two of them, you know, they're doing a great job. I mean, Mumford is so strong for GWS, mm. but I think that they they will do a good job and. And then it's just that, that next rung of players, that 10 or 12 guys, those medium-sized players who all are just... Yeah. And they don't give up. Like, because in yeah. that first, like, quarter and a half, like, 
being there, I was kind of a bit like, because when I watched the commentary, there was mm. a bit more of a feeling that the Bulldogs were in it the whole time. But when you were watching it there at the game, that like I was just like, ah, we fucked it. We've missed some shots we should have got. We had a real crack at it. It's interesting, kind of like, don't you reckon, that both finals, you guys have started inaccurately? Right. Did you put that down to nerves? Well, I don't know, but I like to look at the positive, which is clearly they don't believe that they're ever out of it. Yes, I 100% agree Clearly they just keep going, regardless of what the scoreboard is, they just keep playing the same way. Yeah. And that's exciting. Yeah. Because you kind of get the impression that if they do keep playing that way, that that, that it will overrun teams. Yeah. Well, you know what they do is they terrorise. You know, they get so many numbers for the ball, they just terrorise. Every player is willing to have a crack, like when it's their turn. All of them, they just go. Yeah. And it's good because it's like when you've got that kind of attitude, your players who are less skilled or a bit slower or whatever, all they need to do is just fucking make a contest and then you, your Hansons or your Hunters or Bonts or whatever can come in and like they're the silk, but I you mean, need the buy-in from those bottom six. Oh yeah, and there is that. Yeah. like I mean, Everyone's I- had a sip of a beverage and they like it. It's one of those, they're one of those clubs where you just go, like, I mean, I was listening to the rub on the way into the game and uh, uh, Juddy was on and he yeah. was talking about, which is very conventional wisdom. He was going, well, it's going to be tougher for Liberatore and uh, McRae's second week up. Like, you know, he's doing the, and that's, you know, they're out for five weeks, you know, yeah. second week up, that's when it really hurts you. Yeah. And McRae got 40 and Liber got like nearly 30 and was like one of the best on ground. Like, I mean, those guys, apparently, and the pain threshold, like, about Liberatore, like, you know when a story gets out when everybody's suddenly mentioning it, like, they're the ones who know? Yeah. But clearly it's got out from the club, because he's got that syndesmosis or whatever it is. What? Syndesmosis. What is that? It's the new osteoarthritis pubis. Right. Yeah, it's the thing that Mark Murphy had that he was out for Hang on, I've already forgotten what it's called. Syndesmosis, I believe. Syndesmosis. I think it's syndesmosis. So... I don't know. I think it's Syndesmosis. Yeah. It's a Christopher Nolan movie. Yeah, Syndesmosis. Yeah. You guys just saw Syndesmosis. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. If we, if we say it one more time, Syndesmosis. <laughs> 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 um, and so Murphy was out for the whole season and it's one of those things, but apparently it's one of those ones where like repair-wise, you can get it back to a certain thing. So what does it affect? Through the, what's your ankle? I think. Oh, okay, right. Yeah, it's your ankle. So... Um, but it's pain. So he's Sinful samosas. Yeah, syndesmosis. <laughs> I think it's syndesmosis. Um, uh, but yeah, there's like a rung of like sort of, you know, 14 or 15 of those players who just are willing to just kind of like... I mean, Dunkley was amazing. Oh my like, God, yeah. How good was he? And it's funny, I remember, because he got passed up by Sydney, which was interesting, because I thought, oh, you know, I just thought that was a fucking no-brainer father-son, not really knowing much about him as a player. But um, I'm glad he got picked up, because he was good. Yeah. And he's only like, what, less than 10 games? Less than 20 games? Well, that's it. The, the side's pretty young. But when you look at it, there's just a whole bunch of people who all are potential sort of 20, 25 possession players each week, which I think is, yeah. you know, it's amazing. So I'm very excited anyway. it was So, yeah, it was good. But that period where we like went from like, you know, sort of halfway through the second quarter where I was like, oh, this might be a terrible long night. Yeah. And then that just sort of next like quarter and a half where we kicked like 11, 11, or 10 of 11 goals or something like that was yeah. amazing. Like when Stringer, you know, just like started a really, you know, fire and when Bont kicked that goal and like, I mean, Bont and Pally was just, he's 20 years old. You know yeah. what I mean? You just watched him going... You know, he. They said at, it, at it, times he looked like Cuda. At times yeah. he looked like 
you know, Nat Fife. Like, yeah. he just has that thing where if you get him the ball, it's like a possession and a half. Yeah. Everything he does, he just, like, has this capacity to, like, slip through They, they said and, in the commentary, and it was like, I can't remember who said it, but they said great players stamp themselves on finals. And they're like, that's what he's done. He's just proven he's a finals player. Like, had an okay first final, was sort of shut out in the first quarter of this game, and then was like, you know what? I'm just going to throw myself at everything. And then it just started working for him. And like we started the podcast talking about that intercept and then that marking contest, like two defining moments, don't you reckon? Yeah. I mean, it, I uh, did some press the day after because, you know, when the Bulldogs win, I have a fucking big press schedule. The next <laughs> <Yeah. day. laughs> did Dead Set Legends on Triple M. And then yeah. I did uh, uh, Grandstand on ABC with uh, Jared Wheatley. 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 Glenn Wheatley, Jared Glenn Wheatley. Jared Wheatley. <laughs> yeah, Jared Wheatley. Oh, I got a shout out on AFL 360 and Robbo didn't know who I was. <laughs> I get the feeling Robbo doesn't know who a lot of people are. Yeah. You know what I mean? He I doesn't was, know who Jared Wheatley is. I was actually just really relieved when people said that. He said, Jared mes- mentioned you on AFL 360 and Robbo said, who's that? What and context I was, re- did- I was really glad because... Uh, if Robbo knew who I was, that might mean he's heard some of the things I've said about <laughs> Robbo and his performance. So. What was the uh, context of, the, of your name being mentioned? So I told a story, and here's the thing. I have something to confess. I'm thinking I may have added a little sugar to this story because you were there for this story. So I told on the radio, I said, you know, at the, at the first round, because they asked me about Pontemelli, oh, yeah. and I said, well, after the first game, you know, we were at the football and we went down to the rooms afterwards and I met Marcus Pontemelli's mum and I said, which is true, thank you. Yeah. That's what I said to her. Yeah. And I said on the radio, she said to me, I get that a lot. Now, I'm not sure she said that. Like, I think that I've just added that in as a little sweetener. But I'm not. It doesn't sound beyond the realms of possibility. Well, she other, was. You were joking back yeah, and forth. But here's the other thing. I'm not sure she didn't say it. See, in my head, I, I thought she said something like, "It was like, oh, it's nothing," or something like that. Yeah. So, like, it's not a million miles I, I different. Think she, she did respond with yeah, something that no, was kind of in a fun way. Yeah. And I feel like the thing that but, I've given her in this story makes her seem cool. Yeah, and fun. yeah I think so. Like, I don't think it's yeah. like. I think, I, but I do think I've punched it up. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like I've added a little sweetener. I don't think she would be upset with it, and I think it was the gist of what she said. Yeah. But this is more one of those like TV biographies where it's based on an original story rather than exactly what might have been. I said mean, in that I, situation. I don't believe in hyperbole, hyperbole or hyperbole. Yeah. But you uh, may have just met um, the Virgin Mary of the Western Bulldogs because she's given birth. To your right. save, to our saviour. Uh, it is three quarter time. <laughs> is it really? All right, thanks for coming back after the quarter time break. Yeah, it's three quarter time. I think you need to. Maybe that microphone has gone down a little bit. You're like, yeah, How's that. That's better. Yeah, I can see. I've got a level. Oh uh, yeah. Also, I think they. Were, I forgot about the fact that yours was set a tiny little bit hotter than mine was oh, really? originally. So as we swapped ends, <laughs> <laughs> you're getting much louder. Yeah, that makes more sense. Okay, okay all right. Hang on, I could probably fiddle fiddle with that as I go. They just need to be both the same. So if I just turn that up like that, there you go. You there we it. go. Yeah. All cool. right. So at least one quarter will be <laughs> listenable in this podcast. No, it's okay. I mean, they would have been out of here. It was only down one notch. But you, I talk Do you reckon bit. we can ask Mike Hal to mix this and upload it for us? Because he's on his way for to LA for Podfest. I mean, can't I just mix it on the fucking Zoom and upload? Oh no, because I no. don't have the any of the stuff, do I? What do you mean? I don't have any of the like. Um, but you can mix the track down. I can mix it and just send him that. 
Well, no, but or if, I could send him both of these. Yeah, if you send him the individual checks. But what I'm saying is, you think he'll have time to do it before the final start? Well, he better fucking do it. <laughs> We're paying no, him. Yeah, fucking bullshit, mate. Just because you're going to Podfest to enjoy yourself, <laughs> <laughs> maybe take a weekend off. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, look, you know. I think. Let's, I hope so. It's 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 important we get it up before the first final. I mean, I guess it's not important. I mean, it, like there'll be a great Schadenfreude, I guess, if it. Doesn't no. get up before the Bulldogs. Oh no, we'll game, get it up before the Bulldogs game. Definitely, I don't care if he's out here for a holiday. He's working. Yeah, exactly. I'm just saying, you know, in the next 24 hours. Yeah, I mean, well, this podcast. Look, the one thing this podcast is not famous for is being on time, <laughs> being or, at or, any helpful time for actually ac- a football podcast, or well informed. Yeah, in any way, really. <laughs> I mean, we've just lucked in the fact that I'm just still interested in one of the teams that's still involved at this part of the yeah, season. Yeah, right. Imagine what it would be like if we could oh. have the Bulldogs. You know what? I didn't even fucking think of that. Right. Could we have sweated out? Oh, I reckon we could have. We, no, we, 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 we like football enough. I mean, I would have been in fact, this is the thing about the GWS thing. Like now I get that thing that we speculated about earlier in the season, which is the idea of, ah, fuck. Like, cause I've enjoyed watching GWS. Yeah, I think right. they play great football and I think they've got a lot of great young players and it's always exciting to see that. And they're coached by an ex-Bulldog, Leon Cameron, who was one of my favourite players, and I, you know, wish him well. And, like, I like the AFL as a national competition, and I knew they had to be successful for it to work. So, theoretically, I'm in favour of all that. But now that they are the thing standing in between us and an AFL grand final, I'm suddenly like, nah, fuck that. Overprivileged I, fucking but I am. bullshit. I'm just like, nah, come on. The fact that you... I mean, this is us. This is the but Bulldogs. Mate, every, we have the chance. We are in Hollywood... Every great Hollywood story is about a scrapper from the wrong side of the tracks taking on the privileged, snooty high school jock. It's the Mighty Ducks. It's fucking Rocky Balboa. It's the karate kid. You're everything that an inspiring story should be, which is why everyone's in love with this. Luke Beveridge is our Mr. Miyagi. See, in the 90s, when you had that first charge at it, when Plough was coaching... I told you, we've talked about in the podcast before, there's a great Patrick Smith article where he wrote like this boxing analogy where St Kilda and the Bulldogs are coming up at the same time and he was describing St Kilda as this slick, you know, kind of crowd-pleasing, you know, good-looking blonde fighter and the Bulldogs with his dirty, scrapping, kind of win-of-all-cost, you know, Rocky Marciano. The Bulldogs now have the same kind of scrapper, but you are now like the kind of good-looking leading man hero, right? You're not Rocky Balboa. You're more like, I don't know. Great. Creed. Yes! <laughs> the band. Yeah. <laughs> and not very good Soundgarden. <laughs> no, you're 100% right. Creed was yeah. a great film because they sexed up the Rocky mythology, right. the Rocky formula. But, you know, where Rocky was this kind of like, you know, lovable kind of loser, Creed is kind of like this, this hot young hot guy young from the dude wrong side of the track. Who you just dig. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, he's not from the wrong side of the tracks. Well, well he is originally. He is. Yeah, And exactly. then he gets tooled up. Right. And then he, yeah, you're right. He starts wrong side. He gets a bit of a financial input from Peter Gordon. Right, exactly. And then just has a nice run. Yeah. You know, come, comes, gets, gets a bit of luck. So who up against is the, the Rocky in, uh, Rocky, the mentor role in Creed? Who, oh, Bevo, Bevo. Bevo, Bevo's Rocky. Yeah, right. Because yeah. Bevo used to play for the Bulldogs. Yeah. Came into the club. Fuck, man. He's been You're there. right. Yeah. The Bulldogs are Creed. Yeah. But he loses. <laughs> Spoilers.
this could be the funniest or the most heartbreaking conversation in uh, 48 hours' time. Yeah. Oh, well. I'm... Shit. (laughs) I was so on that bandwagon. It was so uh, intoxicating. You're right. They... I mean, it's exciting now, but it is one of those things where... And it's been fun, don't get me wrong. Like, it's so much fun. Like, you forget how much fun it is to genuinely be swept up in this idea that, you know... And because everybody does love the Bulldogs, as I've pointed out before, because we've never actually done anything, you know, terrible against your teams. Like, you know, and I've noticed the Bulldogs are even talking about that this year. They've been asked about it and they're saying, you know, we don't want to be people's second favourite team because that means you know, we're not a threat. Yeah. Like, they actually quoted the Hawthorne thing and they said, you know, you heard everybody was against Hawthorne and, oh, my God, at the game. Like, firstly, I saw something that I've never seen in my life, which is Hawthorne fans leaving. Huh. Like, halfway through the last quarter, really? like, Hawthorne fans started leaving. Well, well, well. Yeah, when we were 43 points up and I was like, oh, my God, have you guys never seen a Bulldogs game? <laughs> I was like, have you never seen us play at this time? And there's like, yeah, oh, we could lose from here. And then when they kicked a couple more, I was like, I was trying to ring Hawthorne fans going, come on back in, guys. This might be great for you guys. You don't want to miss this. Um, but they talked about that idea of like Hawthorne being hated by the majority of people. Danny McGinley had a really cool banner, which I think Joshua Earl actually wrote. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. But, uh, which was that the, uh, the Hawks might have 75,000, uh, members, but the Bulldogs had 24 million supporters, That's good. <laughs> which I thought was really great. Yeah. And it did feel like that at the game. Like you, like, even when they were all coming out, the Hawks had this, like, the Bulldogs banner is still one of those old was, school banners. Yeah. And the Hawks one is like this high sleek, tech, high tech yeah, thing. So they're, the, like, they're the Cobra Kai. And the drummers came out. Not they the, have all these drummers who come out and drum. It could not have been more like them being the villains yeah. and the heels and playing yeah, the yeah. heels. I, I believe Alistair Clarkson came out and said that, you know, no, uh, sweep the leg. That's <laughs> the first thing he said. No, I think it was more like the WWE. And he came out and he goes, uh, you know, he just started insulting the crowd yeah. about how, like, you know, he'd played games in, in uh, Tasmania that had more atmosphere than the MCJ. <laughs> but i got to admit, and this pains me, although I was really happy for the Bulldogs, I was kind of sad to see the end of that Hawks era. Right. Because, I mean, you, look, you hate them because they're successful, but I don't hate them like I hate Collingwood or Carlton. Yeah, like, you hate us because you're anus. <laughs> my, my anus? <laughs> What does this have to do with my butthole? You hate us because you're anus. You ain't us. <laughs> Sounds awful like you're saying anus. You're going to put the t in the, in the second yeah. word. No, I mean, the, it, of course. I was, I was a bit like you. But, that, but when it ends, it ends quickly and reverse the curse. So, you know, I, fe- I, feel like, I feel like I call this and I feel like we can go the whole way. Uh, what about the other game? Should we mention the other game? All right. Here's my feeling. Adelaide will look back at that loss to West Coast and just be like... Ugh. Well, it's the same with that the Isaac uh, Smith kick now. Like, yeah. you know, that was big at the time. But if they've beaten the Bulldogs, then whatever. You don't get haunted by that forever. But now he's going to be... You know Because if he got that, that kick... That's, you know, actually suddenly... worth, that's actually worth noting because I actually think that the Hawks were the better team in that game. Right. And it's just, that is the, the passion and the pain of football, that then they're out in straight sets, when if they'd won that game... Right. That kick goes the other way, they get a week off, and then suddenly they're in a prelim. Yep. And they're Hawthorne. And they're Hawthorne, and you just don't know what happens from there. So suddenly that kick is the thing that 
ruin this entire season and Smith will be haunted forever. I think Adelaide... Uh... <laughs> Big shout out if he's decided <laughs> to listen to the podcast on Mad Monday. Uh, I, I think Adelaide will look back at that game and go, that, that we shouldn't have given up the double chance. Uh, I mean, they'll be... Because again, I, they were flying coming into the finals. And it really did, yeah, it fucked them up. And it was such an anomaly too. It was so weird. It was one of those games where it's like, that you know, West Coast weren't established then and then they had that sort of freaky win against GWS and then they beat Adelaide and we started to believe in West Coast. It was classic misdirection really. But yeah, I mean, it's a shame because that would have been the other feel-good story. Uh, You know, Eddie Betts' year, what they've come off, you know, with Phil Davis, uh, Phil Walsh, sorry, it was it was sad, but then your brain takes over and you're like, yeah, but Sydney, you know, they were spoiling for a fight. Like they, Sydney had something to prove. Yeah, they can't. What well, they, they kicked the most goals in the first quarter that they've kicked in a final ever. I they, believe they had to, they had to, right? Because that GWS game was such a shock. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, well, now it's interesting because it's like Sydney or Geelong, so it's the old school. You know, one of the most consistent teams, one of the big three, you know, yeah. up against one of the kind of like challenges. So that's, that's going to be interesting in itself. What do you, what about if there's a all Sydney grand final at the MCG? How do you think Melbourne will handle like Sydney versus oh, yeah. GWS? We've, we've had all interstate team grand finals before. I know, but what about all Sydney? I feel like this really? is like a step further. I don't, what, I mean, you think Mel, you think Melbourne has such a chip on its shoulder? I reckon it would be yes. huge. No, I think that's... I, I do think that. No. I think Melbourne would be more pissed off about an all What do you base this on? Oh, I don't know. Wild conjecture? <laughs> I don't know. Like a hunch? A sense? A feeling? An ill-thought-out... A out. paranoia? I don't know. Voices. I d- <laughs> <laughs> Random voices in my head? What are you talking about? <laughs> Shut up, Bill. Where do you get your ideas? <laughs> It was that moment I realised Will had multiple personality disorder. Yeah, very rare just, condition. Just, I'd be, these podcasts have just been a mask. <laughs> I, otherwise, I'd just be randomly saying these things to myself. How tormented are you that you hear voices, but all the voices tell you is about like football theories? Right. I'm fine with that. I'm really happy. That, that'd be a really happy world. <laughs> if I actually came up with a... And not to, by the way, like diminish like schizophrenia or those sort of things, but if my schizophrenia manifested in itself in my head just being a constant footy show, like if, I, if my head turned into essentially Fox footy, <laughs> so like every time I'm just having debates about like things about the AFL and whatever, I'm not sure that I would tell anybody. I think I'd just <laughs> like keep that to myself and be happy. <laughs> I wouldn't want anyone taking that away. <laughs> That sounds perfect. If I could live in Foxtel's Fox footy, like just as a life and only have conversations. Well, you pretty much can. Like, I mean, you watch, like you have that 24-hour show, you listen to podcasts. We're doing a podcast about football. We are essentially uh, like putting ourselves in that bubble. Yeah, but what I'm saying is during footy season, I would be quite happy if my job was to interact with footy shows. Like, you know, so for example, if like my entire job during footy season was listening to a podcast about footy and then doing a podcast about that podcast about footy or like doing a nightly podcast about AFL 360, I'd happily do that. Or actually just coming into AFL 360 nightly and being on the panel and just adding my thoughts. (laughs) 
It's just an audition. But, but on all their shows. I don't mean just on that. Like literally be able to wander into the winners yeah. or on the couch or whatever. You, and could, do a, like, you could do a Talking Dead about AFL 360. Yeah. Talk, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. AFL 720. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at 360 from another angle. Yeah. It's, it's AFL 360 from all angles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> AFL 720, my new show. But 720 is in all angles. 360 is. No, because it's it's 360 of AFL 360. Oh, right. So you're doing so, a 360 degree yeah. turn around 360. Okay, yeah, cool. so you got to turn around twice. Yeah, you turn around twice. Yeah. You, it goes from all angles yeah. and then we look at it from all angles. Yeah, we call it the hokey pokey. Exactly. <laughs> you're a bit dizzy at the start of each episode, but it all makes sense at the end. Yes. Swans. Yeah, Swans. I don't know. Like, Swans are, like swans were my favourite going into the finals, so they've still got to be, but... I reckon swans that, but I was, go I, I was at the... I was... Look, um, I don't know if it will go either way. I think Sydney will win. Well, it, it will go either way. I mean... It'll go one way or the other. Yeah, that's right. Good Literally, point. that is the only well, what result they can be. What I meant to say is I think Sydney will win. I'm quite confident in that. Really? Sydney's been my... White final yeah, favourites for a long time. Uh, look, I agree. Like, going into the finals... Well, it doesn't like, sound like you just made a horse noise. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. That's, like, that does not fill me with a lot of confidence that you actually agree with my statement. It kind of sounds like you're taking the piss. <laughs> that's how I agree. I agree. <laughs> Imagine doing that at your wedding. Yeah, I do. Do you... Will- <laughs> Don't be put off by the horse noise. It's literally how he agrees. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so I help you, God? I do. <laughs> <laughs> Just the thing he has. It sounds counterintuitive. Yeah. We all get yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Look, yeah. <laughs> okay, so you don't think Sydney are the favourites? Uh, no, well, Geelong have had the week off. The teams that have had the week off have got to go in being the favourites. No, I don't believe in Geelong. I don't, Will. I'm telling you right now, they, they lost hot. so they many. Hot, huh? They lost so many games this year that they should have won. I don't think. I don't. Not based on some ability. They've got like fucking stars all over the shop. But I think they're flaky psychologically. Yeah, but I've said this before. Geelong only team lose to teams that are outside the eight, and none of the teams in the finals finished outside the eight. By Sydney definition, Sydney beat them at Skilled Stadium this year. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I think Sydney could definitely win. Like, then I mean, what are you in then? Well, I'm. I'm just saying it's a 50-50. I reckon Geelong Sydney's a 50-50. I think it's a 60-40. I think that I mean I think the biggest chance is that we will have an all Sydney grand final. If you, if you like Don't if, say that. If Don't I, say that. But if I was really sick about it, I think believe the odds have got to be Come on. The odds have got to be that it's going to be an all Sydney grand final. Don't say that. Why are you saying that? Well, I'm just saying that's what the odds have got to be. I'm not believing are you, that. I'm uh, hoping Are that GWS favourites? Yeah, oh, firm favourites. Really? Well, because they don't lose up there. Even really. more reason for Creed to make the grand final. Right. And then lose to Geelong. Shut up! No, I think, well, if he loses, he'll lose to Sydney, I think. That is my firm belief. I have doubted Geelong all year. I've not, just, I just haven't, I haven't drunk the beverage. I would like us to play Sydney because I think, because we did beat Sydney during the season and I think, like, we, you know, are playing better now than when we beat Sydney. So I think we could beat Sydney. 
I'm not sure. I've said the whole time I'm not sure that we can beat Geelong. We just don't particularly... I wasn't sure you could beat West Coast. I was certain you weren't going to beat Hawthorne. I mean, I think GWS are the best side in at the moment. I don't know. Like, fucking maybe GWS are going to win the premiership. GWS. That would make this podcast more secure for the next few years, at least. We wouldn't have to change the theme song. Oh, yeah. If they win this year, we won't have to change the theme song for for like seven or five years. (laughs) Minimum. Yeah. Yeah, we'll be back in a rebuild when their era finishes. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm hopeful. I am hopeful. Look, I'm hopeful. I, I believe in all the time that I've ever followed this football club, this is our best chance at having a go at it. And I think that if we, you know, I mean... There's no reason after the two victories we've had that we can't if we if we play our best that we can't beat anyone at the moment I would think, but it's whether we can you know play our best and whether like they allow us to and whether they're just not what they, they what, might just be better than what we was are. your longest winning streak this year how many games I mean we we came out pretty strong like we won like nine or the first eleven or something like that but like because the question I reckon is can you sustain this intensity. For four games. Yeah, I think so. Two. I think so. I mean, I think that we really benefited from like that last game where we didn't play very well, but we, we were kind of, but we, I don't think we, you know, fully put in in that game. And then the bye. I think, no, I think we're going well, okay. You know what you sent to the Bulldogs? And you know now it's like all or nothing. It's all, you know, I mean, that's the great thing about this time of the season is, you know, you, no point saving anything. Every game is like a massive game. You've just got to throw yourself at it and see what happens. Like, yeah. It's all eliminations. It's all grand finals. It's grand finals every week at this point. And it's been that for the Bulldogs since round, like since the first round of the finals. You just got to keep winning. If yeah. you want to win the whole thing, you just got to keep winning. But you get the sense that they believe now, like the players, like there was a, you could see it in the actual game when you guys got control of Hawthorne. Do you remember at halftime? Because the score's quite close at halftime. Is that right? we, we were one point behind. You're one point time. behind. And there was a bit of a kind of altercation. And you could see that the Hawks players were like, they're being really cocky about it, you know, like saying stuff, I'm guessing, like you had your chance and, you know, nice try, whatever. But you, you didn't feel like the Bulldogs were intimidated. Like they didn't, they weren't getting sucked in. There was a nah. bit of like kind of jumper punching and stuff. But you could sense that the Bulldogs, they just were going, if we can just keep doing this, if we start just doing the small things and the rest will follow. I think they believe in their system. And I, look, I mean, I think they believe. Why wouldn't you? Right, but I think they've believed in it all year. And I think they've believed, like, you know, I think they believe that last year, if they, they, they think they should have won that first final and they think they could have done, you know, a little bit more damage in the finals. So I think they came into this, like, final series, despite the fact that everybody else was, like, riding them off a bit, that they still thought, no, 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 we, we can Well, you do know what something. the thing is, the thing about the, is that they, the, your finals wins have not been based off one freakish performance. Right. It's been, a good spread, a buy-in. You know, you've had your good players up one week and you've had, you know, uh, uh, different players up the right. next week. So that's a very sustainable model because you're not relying on Stringer to kick five each week. No. If someone has a down day, there's like four, five, six other guys where you're like, well, this might be Dalhouse's day or this might be Hunter's day or yeah. this might be like Liberatore's day or, or you know, Bontempelli's day or Matthew Boyd's day or like, you know, yeah. and it, there really is. You've got that level of like player that has who who decides well if it's my turn then it, I have to go and do it. So who goes to Bontempelli then? I wonder. Cloak. 
Oh no, hang on, no, he's no. <laughs> we, we have him. No. Um, <laughs> Should we talk about that? Oh, like two hours after we see? recorded that podcast, did you? Did we? I should have probably announced the final result of the. Oh, poll. Oh yeah, we you, had a poll of you, like you, who you, would be better to draft to the Western Bulldogs, uh, the statue of uh, Ted Whitten or um, uh, or cloak. And uh, we did a little Twitter poll yeah, up and there, the, uh, and the results, the results were resounding. Uh-huh. Resounding. There was like 200-odd two, votes, which was like quite a lot of votes. Yeah, there's 248 votes. Uh, Travis Cloak, in favour of keeping Travis Cloak, yep. 5%. 5%? Statue of EJ Witten, 95%. 95%. I mean, that's a lot of votes. <laughs> that is like, resounding. Yeah. Uh, that's only 2% less certain than climate change. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, there was a. Uh... But come on, I want to. I want to hear you spin this. A guy that I have defended this year, and you have mercilessly, mercilessly undermined. Spin this. He's okay. I don't believe in Travis Cloak, but I believe in Luke Beveridge. And if Luke Beveridge thinks that Travis Cloak can do something for the team, then I also believe that. Luke Beveridge can turn around Travis Cloak and he can... Look, I mean, he's clearly... It's it's clearly for Red Path. I feel like Lee Sales. (laughs) Yes, go on, Will. Should I go back through the quotes of what you've said about Travis Cloak in the past? I mean, you only have to go back to last week (laughs) when I was saying it was better for us to use the statue of a deceased man than him, a living human being. Pretty much at that point, I would have thought, I've lost him. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, well. I mean, look. You know what? I think... To be continued. No, it's sound logic. It's sound logic. Yeah, I agree. Like, if Bevo sees something, you know... I'm not... Like, I'm not behind the scenes. I can't tell if like what their plans are or what they know but i'm trying to think has bevo reinvented any other players has he draft i mean besides suckling i mean but if you look at uh like what he's done with Pickin, and if you look at what he's done with roughhead and i mean even to a certain extent what he's done with lin jong this season and people like those were they they went reinvented well i think their roles have been massively reinvented so what was Pickin before he became a defensive i mean he was a he was a tagger but now he's like yeah i mean and yeah, he played a lot of games essentially as a tagger, and and he was your kind of like um, GOP, right? Right, and and yeah, absolutely. And yeah. Bevo came into the club and like was setting him targets, like you have to get eight possessions this quarter, like trying to turn him into a like you know attacking like things that they say coaches never do, you know, like which is like setting you an amount of possessions and like really. Yeah. So I think he has. Because that's the thing they always say at Collingwood when they point the finger at Nathan Buckley. They go, uh, show us players who've improved as players since Buckley's been coached. Yeah. And I think at the Bulldogs, you could probably find a whole bunch of stories of people you're going, yeah. you know what, they have really transformed you know, the way that they play football since you know, they've had beverage. And I think he does encourage that. So, so I think we should put So it- maybe Cloakie can be great. Maybe, I, feel you know. like, I feel like we should put a, like a... Like a uh, not a wager, but some kind of conditional um, clause into next year's show that if Cloak kicks 25 or more goals, right. you have to get a, a jumper. You have to get a framed Travis Cloak Bulldogs jumper. <laughs> you have to pay for it with a photo. 
would you do what would it what would it take for you to pay for a Travis Cloak Bulldogs jumper and have it framed hanging in your office? Fifty goals. If he kicks fifty goals, I will buy. Uh, yeah, okay. We're, right. we're shaking hands. Yeah, we're shaking hands. This yeah, is like short. we're getting a photo of us shaking hands. Yeah, hang on. <laughs> hang on. Now we're really having to yeah. shake hands for quite a long time, so we get this documented for this is great podcasting, by the way. Yeah, all right. right. Great. Okay. Fifty dollars. Yeah, fifty dollars. No, fifty goals. <laughs> fifty goals. Fifty dollars. We were shaking hands for like so long, we forgot what we were fucking talking about. Fifty goals. Fifty goals. You will buy, and I will buy a frame, a frame, Travis sign, Travis Cloak jumper, and hang it on the wall of my office. Fifty goals. You're making fifty goals. I've never wanted to see (laughs) Travis Cloak have a better year than fucking 2017. If he kicks a hundred goals, I will um, get a tattoo. If he kicks 150 goals, (laughs) I will get a Travis Cloak tattoo. What's a hundred? A hundred, I still can't risk that. <laughs> I'm not sure that I would even get a Travis Clark tattoo for a hundred goals. I know no one's kicked a hundred goals in the AFL for like 10 years, but. Wouldn't that be amazing if Bevo fucking turned Travis Cloak into the new Tony Lockett, the new fucking hundred goal a year machine? I mean, I, I really could see a role where the, in that forward line, as long as they don't become reliant on somebody, because I think they actually the great like thing about the Bulldogs forward line is that anyone can kick goals. All right, here's what we know about Travis Cloak. Yeah, he is definitely psychologically motivated in games. If he drops his load early, he yep. drops a mark or whatever, you don't get him back. Bevo has proven. Yeah. Amongst his arsenal, he is great. He's a good motivator. Motivator. Yeah. He understands And makes people. players feel good about themselves. Yeah, and they want to play for him. Yeah. And I know. play a role. I mean, Cloak is going to get some love at the Bulldogs that I feel like he might not have been getting at Collingwood. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like, you know, all respect to Buckley as like a player, but I think from what we picked up about the way the Buckley coaches. He's not a cuddly coach. Yeah, I feel like you're getting a lot more love from Bevo down at the kennel than you are getting from Cloakie. Yeah. So if you're getting from Buckley. I feel like Buckley might be like your stern stepdad. Okay, so. There might have been a few times where Cloakie just yelled at Buckley, you're not my real dad. <laughs> so, all right. You uh, arrive at the airport, your car breaks down. Yeah. You can't get a cab. You've got two numbers you can call. Yeah. Travis, uh, Nathan Buckley or Luke Beveridge. Yeah. Who's coming to pick you Bevo. up? Bevo. Yeah. Of course Bevo's coming to pick who's you up. Who's telling you off? Buckley's fucking lecturing you about your car yeah. and how he said that you should have got it fixed already and that that's not acceptable to have a car that's breaking down like that. I mean, that you know, this is a number one club and they expect higher standards. Here's my list of top five mechanics in Melbourne that you can go and visit. <laughs> Oh, poor Travis Cloak. He's just broken down at the airport. Yeah, no whereas, one realizes. Whereas Bevo's there. Like, you know what Bevo does? He makes him a mixtape. Yeah. He goes like, no. I'll be there in Bevo a minute. Bevo picks him I'm up. I'm on the way. You get into the car. Yeah. He hands you a warm cup of cocoa yeah, exactly. in like a thermos. Yeah. He a- hands you his new mixtape and yeah. it's songs about, hey, don't feel so bad. Yeah. That's his, it's his Bevo's happy mixtape. Yeah, it's Bevo's happy mixtape. He's got Chris Franklin in to re, um, to bloke. <laughs> Yeah. To cloak. And it's just like a song about like, I'm a cloak. I'm a good bloke. <laughs> and my best mate's name is Not Bucks. <laughs> not Bucks. The best name you could think of was Not Bucks. 
Who's his best mate? Who's Travis Clark's best mate? Um, I don't know. Who's his best mate? Travis Clark's <laughs> best mate. I don't know. Who do you reckon his best mate at Collingwood would be? Who would he... Like, it's not going to be like Dane Swan or somebody like that, is it? Like, I don't know enough about Collingwood's personalities. What do you reckon? Would he be mates with Pendles, Cloakie? I don't know. Or is it going to be like uh, one of the? Do you know much about the Collingwood like Pe- or Pendle's personality? I mean, I feel like he, he's into his fitness and stuff. He's like he's, he's, a, he's a country. Loves kid. his NBA. He's from Sale. Right. Uh, loves his NBA. He's very big into his basketball. Tweets a lot about basketball. I can't think of one Travis Cloak. Oh, I reckon the solo. Oh yeah. Okay. Fast. Fast yeah. and Cloakie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because they play in the forward line. Yeah. You already work together. Yeah. Exactly. You're mostly hanging out today. Who will be drills. his best mate at the Bulldogs? Uh, will Minson. Will Minson still be there next year? Yeah, to be Cloakie's best mate. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're keeping him for. Just hang out with him. Just you know, give him compliments. You know what? <laughs> when he when he says he's going to play the glove, tell him no. He's yeah. got to learn how to play without the glove. Yeah, you know, you can play your clarinet to him. Yeah, you know what? They, the Bulldogs are going to have to employ someone full-time to operate Travis Cloak's Instagram page. Yeah. <laughs> Just the hashtags. Well, I think between him, because Will Minson's really intellectual and Trav doesn't really sp- strike me as oh, being... Oh, it's a fucking so sitcom. It's, yeah, it's a buddy movie. To bring this full circle, yeah. we pitch our behind-the-scenes football club narrative idea. And Travis about, Cloak and, and Will, Will Minson. sharing an apartment. Odd couple. And we put them in a really small apartment, so yeah. they're always like, bumping into things and stuff. And it's actually the odd couple scene, but like uh, Will plays it on his clarinet. <laughs> Uh, All right. So um, if you're wondering why uh, we've gone a bit longer, it's because there was extra time. Uh, Yeah. You idiots. Yeah. Yeah, Podcast. It was a tie. Didn't you realize? siren. Injury time. Yeah. We had to play extra time. We had to play extra time. Um, But uh, yeah, should we plug the live show just one more time? Oh, yeah. So um, uh, the live uh, Two Guys, One Cup Junk Time AFL podcast. Two Guys, One Junk Time. Two one guys, one junk time. Uh, it's at the European Beer Cafe uh, the day after the grand final, this Sunday at 4 p.m. Uh, hopefully, I will come straight from the Bulldogs victory party. Yeah, Michael Chamberlain uh, got some splaining to do. So, uh, but either way, we are doing that show. Uh, it is almost sold out. So, if you are desperate to come along, I would uh, get in really quickly for tickets for that. And I'm serious. Bring your socks down. If you yeah. want to bring your socks, we are signing you, socks. We are signing socks. Not while you're wearing them. I think it could be a bit gross. No, and they have to be footy socks. We're yeah. signing footy socks. Yeah, fo- footy socks only. Um, and I guess hopefully we do another podcast next week where you've, I mean, t- you've taken the pure stuff. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I don't know what it would feel like. This is as far as I've ever come. You know, my entire Holy life. Shit. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. You know? Man, I've been there for one with you. Right. And this is it. This is the bit where... Normally for me it ends badly. We've lost our oh last. Oh my god! We've lost our last, dun, 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 last dun, dun, eight dun, dun, preliminary dun, dun, finals in dun, a row. But even Creed had to win that fight to get him into the heavyweight title. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you should be confident. I mean, I just love to have a grand final week. Yeah, it's. I awesome. mean, I'd love to just like it's the best. Soak it up, experience it all. Yeah, yeah. So close. Oh, God. Let's put it on record now. What's going to happen? All right. Play on, not 15. Ball. We are two guys, one car.